Duggar. Broadcasting live from the KSHP studios in the heart of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's time to get on the right side of sports betting. It's time for the Odds Couple. Welcome to the Odds Couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio, live and worldwide, Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, Vegas Video Network. My name is Scott Pritchard. I'm a professional sports better handicapper featured all over my own website, Pritchard'sPicks.com. Check it out. I'm joined by my good buddy, my co-host, Brett Grant. Happy Friday. Hey, is it my turn now for the right side from yesterday? I'm, I'm we just, ran out of time, man. <laughs> hey, you snooze, you lose. Part two. I won. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Great to be with you, Scott. Hey, Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. We have a special guest, my good friend, mentor, colleague, Jesse Oakley. I, I, I. How are you? I'm doing very good. Happy Friday, happy people. I know that. Did you just wink at me? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that we've been very good friends for the past few years. I know you're a UNLV grad, a sports nut when it comes to the running rebels of UNLV. And I introduced you to uh, one of our sales agents here at KSHP, Mark Hayes. Mm -hmm. And you recognized him once you realized he was number one at DB for the UNLV running rebels back in 1999. Oh, yes. I remember him very well. I was following UNLV football and Mark Hayes, is, that name sort of really stood out in UNLV football. And I was like, cool. I get to, get to meet him. This is pretty awesome. <laughs> You're listening to The Odds Couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio. The studio line is open if you want to talk sports, sports betting. The number is 702-221-7283. That's 702-221-7283. Live chat up and running on Vegas Video Network. We're here Monday through Friday from 10A to 11A. Let's get started with What Say You? NBA draft took place last night. We, I felt that... Bennett from UNLV would be a top 10 pick. I was surprised that he was the number one overall pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers. What say you? Well, all I got to say is I thought Anthony Bennett was going to be a top five pick. And for David Stern to come up to the front and say his name, Anthony Bennett, is, I had to do a double take. I was like, did you just say Anthony Bennett, UNLV? All I got to say is this is truly amazing. This is the first time this happened in 10 years where UNLV player gets drafted and the first time since 1991 where he, UNLV player becomes the number one draft pick like Larry Johnson. So I was excited. I was joyed. I was elated. It's like, cool, a UNLV player gets to be number one. This is beyond awesome. Jesse, did you think or do you think that he will be a good fit potentially with the Cavs? Well, I believe Kylie Irving needs some help in Cleveland. There's no doubt about that. And seeing Anthony Bennett from Friendly Prep and at UNLV, I have to say that this will be the extra help that Kylie Irving really needs for the Cavaliers. And this is going to bring basketball back in Cleveland. Time will tell. Brett, your thoughts on the fact that Bennett was, forget being a top 10 or a top 5 pick, the number one overall pick by the Cavs. Well, as I was posted last night i was thinking about this on the way home as the draft was getting ready to start and there was a lot of talk obviously about nerland's noel being the number one pick and he's injured and you look at the other players and there's victor oladipo from indiana who's a great guard but i thought he's a very similar type player to what uh, Kyrie Irving can do and i didn't think they needed another backcourt guy so i started thinking about it going, it wouldn't shock me to see cleveland choose anthony bennett in this spot he's a guy who's a pure scorer he can rebound they need somebody who can go in and get 20 points a game 10 rebounds he can do that in one Watching 
uh, Anthony Bennett here in Las Vegas like we did last year with the Rebels. I, th- I thought he was out of shape personally. I thought he was not necessarily a great defender. Those are things he can improve on, but he is a terrific scorer, and if he, get, and he can get to the basket and he can rebound, he's got good size, a good pick-and-roll mate, I think, with Irvin. Uh, and I think it's for the Cleveland, if, you, if they went with a backcourt guy like McLemore or Oladipo, then you got guys – two guys that need the ball all the time, where Bennett can do other things, and I think it's a good move for Cleveland. I mean, really, those guys, you look at, not a monster superstar, no way, a, a hands-down, this guy's the number one pick in the draft. You didn't have that this year, so that's when you get the surprise with an Anthony Bennett. Your thoughts overall on how the draft played out, some surprises, who do you think came out on top, and overall, I felt no disrespect to Bennett and the top five to ten picks. I thought overall, generally speaking, that the talent pool was down compared to other years. Well, I think it, I, I agree because guys don't stay in college very long. So you have a lot of first-year guys or second-year guys who leave, and there's not a lot of guys like Tim Duncan who was around for four years that went through. Noel dropping, what, to number six, I think, was a surprise. You know, when you have two or three other teams take centers and not take him, that was a surprise. So he'll have a big chip on his shoulder to see how he does. But I like the move of going out and getting uh, Zeller uh, early in, in that spot because he's a guy who can get up and down the floor. He went, what, the th- uh, third or fourth pick to the Bobcats. I mean, Michael Jordan's been a horrible manager uh, of that particular team. But I like Cody Zeller. I think he's a very good fit there. Otto Porter Jr. going to, to the Washington Wizards where he played at Georgetown. When you look at Wall and Bradley Beal, there's a pretty good nucleus going on in Washington. That was a team, I think, that was, what, 20-9 and nine at the end of last year, the Washington Wizards, and now they get a great player in Porter. So I think the Wizards are a team that's looking for a turnaround. I like, I like that pick for them. My good buddy Jesse Oakley, I, 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 our guest on the odds couple today. I want to talk specifically about UNLV and what – do you have a favorite sport, whether it's UNLV football, baseball, basketball, that you track and follow a little bit more than others? I love UNLV basketball and also love UNLV football. And I'll admit, UNLV football, when I think of college football powerhouses like the USC, Notre Dame's, UNLV just doesn't come to mind, but I still stick with the team. I've stuck with the team when they won Las Vegas Bowls in 1994 and 2000. I've also stuck with them when they had that 0-11 season in 1998. <laughs> uh, definitely not a bandwagon fan or a fairweather fan. No matter what happens, I still love UNLV football as much as I do love UNLV basketball. I've been betting sports professionally for the past 30 years, and UNLV football comes into play because in the history of bad beats, the worst bad beat, I've had a lot of bad beats. took place about 10, 11, 12 years ago. I'll try to shorten up the version of the story. I had the Wisconsin Badgers on the road at UNLV, sold out. The game was sold out. I had the Wisconsin Badgers minus two and a half points on Monday. By Saturday, when the game kicked off, it had moved all the way up to three, three and a half, four, five, six, seven points. All the money came in on Wisconsin. I'm laying two and a half. Everyone else had to lay potentially seven. It's 28-7, fourth quarter, about six minutes to go in the game. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. Even I can't find a way to lose this game. I did not cash the ticket because some drunk yahoo was driving down boulder highway and hit a utility pole and they called the game so the final was 28 7 according to gaming law the game has to go 55 minutes to be a final in regards to cashing sports betting tickets so unlv won or unlv lost i didn't win all right i didn't lose 
but I'm up 28-7. I cover the line easily, so that was the worst bad beat ever. Do you remember that game? Oh, I remember that game. I was with my dad, the old man. We were at the Sandboy Stadium, and just when we thought that UNLV was losing the game, we decided to leave a little early, so we're going to beat the crowd. Next thing you know, when, before we got in our cars, the lights went... <laughs> That's the night the lights went out on Boulder Highway. Exactly. Yeah, Vicki Lawrence sang that in 1949. <laughs> I think it was. You know, I mean, that was a crazy night. I remember watching that thing and, and not realizing the gambling angle on it. Of course, you didn't catch the ticket because the game had to go, what, 55 minutes? Is that right. what it was? It was within a minute. minute and a half, yeah. Right. Oh. 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 Hate it when that happens. Yeah. Do they give you at least a free cocktail? No. 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 No, no drink ticket? I don't drink, but based on this show, I'm thinking about starting. You should, yes. <laughs> You're listening to The Odds Couple. My name is Scott Pritchard. Check out my site, pritchardspicks.com. Some of the information you have to pay for, some of the information is free. You can opt in for free. The only thing I'll say, my friends, is the most expensive advice is free advice. Easy killer. First thing you're winking at me, now you're sliding <laughs> a little bit closer. Do I look like Dana to you? Yeah, I guess so, a little bit. <laughs> at least I have he got the memo about dressing formal. I, I see that. that. I yeah. he, We're being upstaged, man. We are. He dresses That's for nice. success, wears yeah. the tie, the, the tie red. Red is power. Hey, I learned from that. I learned from that football player that played for the Buffalo Bills that came in in an interview with like a, 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 a t-shirt. Yeah. I left for that. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of these guys, yeah, they need to learn learn that part of it, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I want to talk about your lovely wife, Dana, yes. who is a dear, dear friend of mine. I know you're celebrating your first year anniversary, had a great time, your wedding, the reception, a ton of fun. Tell me about married life. How's it going? Uh, so far, so good. As a matter of fact, we had a couple of... We have a couple of challenges, a couple of things that are just out of nowhere, but we managed to co- get through it like a team and a couple together. We've been going out for, before we got married, we've been going out for four years, and then we enjoyed our first year of marriage, and it's, it's been it's been like a partnership. It's been like a teamwork, and I can truly say that Dana's been my friend, my partner, my consultant, and just basically a beautiful woman, and, and I'm very grateful to be with her. What advice would you give to someone like myself? I was just gonna say. Been down that road not once but <laughs> I was twice. Just gonna say. I mean, I've I've often promoted the yeah. fact that I still love my first ex-wife. She was the first woman to commit to me forever and ever for two years. <laughs> I tell you what, the best advice is always keep rolling that dice. Sometimes the dice is loaded. Sometimes the dice is not loaded. But when you keep rolling that dice and just never give up, there's always a great chance that you'll meet a beautiful lady and get a chance to fall in love with her and marry her. It happened to me. I thought that I would never get married. But I joined. I actually met this woman. I was like, gee, I really dig this woman. And it took me two years of courage to just ask her out, and the rest was history. You heard it here first. According to Jesse Oakley, I, 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 when it comes to a happy marriage, you're rolling the dice. Sometimes the dice are loaded. Sometimes they're not loaded. I'm starting to think that, Jesse, you're loaded. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, your thoughts. You're a happily married man. I'm going on 20 years. So I got I, well, later this year will be 20. So good luck. It, you know, I'm not sure who's who's better off, though. I, you know, 20, <laughs> I just tease it. <laughs> My good buddy Scott Whitney, the executive producer of this show, has oftentimes gone on record as saying that he's been married for 19 years. Oh. Not in a row. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, like the, it's like the old joke of the, uh, the donut shop open 24 hours a day and they're closed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Guys, like, hey, we're not in a row. Same, same kind of thing. Right on. Right, <laughs> right on. on. No, it's, it's, it is, and, and you learn this, obviously, and, and uh, it is a very much a two-way street, a lot of give and take going on 
in part of it, but uh, you know, it's it's it is what it is. It's it's wonderful. The studio line is open if you want to talk marriage. Nah, let's not. Let's no, talk sports. Not. Let's talk sports betting. The odds couple Monday through Friday from 10A to 11A. Scott Pritchard, Brett Grant today. My good buddy, avid sports fan, colleague, friend, mentor, all-around good guy. Happily married man. He does it all. I have to. Does Dana know that you wink at men when you're on the, in the studio line? Only for you, Scott. Okay. Well, I appreciate Ooh. that. I'm very <laughs> flattered. I'm very impressed. But don't do that again. No. Darn. <laughs> The studio line, please call in 702-221-7283. You want to talk sports, sports betting, live chat up and running. L.A. Dodgers, we broadcast the Dodger games here on KSHP. Last night, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Here's the bell. All right, ring up the ringer. The Dodgers have won six consecutive games. Got to be liking it. Well, I watched the game last night. Again, Don Mattingly is just clueless when it comes to managing National League Baseball. And, and yet... It still ended up being a win because Yusil Puig made, uh, you know, got a two-out base hit, two strikes with uh, bases loaded to give them the lead back after they had blown, after the Dodgers had fallen behind. But again, nobody out, runners at first and second, Puig is on deck. Here comes Nick Punto to bat, so what does he do? I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Puig's in the hole. So they go to bunt with Nick Punto. Hanley Ramirez comes up to pinch hit after the successful bunt. Now, anybody with an IQ over two is going to walk Hanley Ramirez to load the bases, which is what they did to pitch to Skip Schumacher, who was the next guy up. Schumacher, of course, strikes out. Now there's bases loaded uh, and two outs, and here comes Puig up to bat, who uh, quickly fell behind 0-2 in the count, but did get a hit to give the Dodgers the lead. In that situation, though, when you have two on and nobody out, and Nick Punto up, you either pinch hit for Nick Punto with Hanley Ramirez, so they're forced to pitch to Hanley, or... You let Nick Punto hit and don't worry about Bunty. But basically, you took a pinch hitter, one of your best pinch hitters in that game in Hanley Ramirez, and you deemed him to be irrelevant because you knew he was going to get walked. They just can't do that. And it worked out. They luckily won the game still. We've called Don Mattingly out a number of times on this show. I mean, he was a great, great player, but as a manager, average on his best day. I mean, that's basic Little League Baseball 101. And how is it? It kind of goes back to what I've said many times that Oftentimes, really good players don't make very good managers. Players that are fundamentally sound that may have been average players make great coaches because, again, they rely on the fundamentals and, and their thinkers, whereas Mattingly was an outstanding player, but he relied on his God-given talent. Well, plus the American League doesn't play that way. I mean, they, don't, they very rarely bunt in the American League. So when you're looking at where Mattingly cut his teeth in American League baseball with playing with the Yankees, and how he's misapplying what National League Baseball is about on the other side. I mean, it worked out they won the game. They only won the game because the rookie sensation bailed him out. Uh, who Puig now has, he's got a strike zone the size of the Grand Canyon. He just swings at every pitch. So people are starting to, to get the book on him in that regard. But it worked out, he got the hit. But again, Madeline just, it, he just took Hanley Ramirez and said, well, your at-bat means nothing because obviously Charlie Manuel is going to walk you from the Phillies, and they did. I was annoyed because I had the Phillies. I'm about numbers. I'm about value, grinding, scalping, getting the best of it. I, I, I respect the Dodgers. I respect the fact that they won five straight games going into last night. Grind key on the mound. But it was perceived to be a low-scoring game. The total for this game was 7.5. I played the Phillies plus 1.5 minus 15 cents. Now, you never make apologies for that. Because, again, I laid 15 cents. $1,150 $1, to 1000 It closed... 
run line plus one and a half minus 30, meaning if you bet it by opening pitch, you'd have to put up $1,300 to win the same $1,000. So I'm scalping, grinding, getting $150, the best of it. Looking good, feeling good. I'm up 4-3 late. I'm thinking even I can't find a way to lose this game. The lights didn't go out in this game. But what did happen, three unanswered runs scored. A meaningless run in the bottom of the eighth inning because Matt Kemp decided to get happy. Thought he was Lou Brock. He stole second base, stole third base. And again, it wasn't on the catcher because we all know that in right. baseball, if you're stealing bases more times than not, it's against the pitcher as opposed to the catcher. But a meaningless run made it 6-4, so I lost by the hook. Dr. Hook strikes again. But again, no apologies because if you're laying... 15 cents plus one and a half as opposed to minus 30, which is what it closed. Long term, you're going to do okay for yourself. Short term, I don't want to talk about it. I took the uh, Dodgers minus the run and a half late, so I got the best of it on the other side and got lucky. Hey, you're side. listening to this show. I got show. lucky on the other side. You're listening to this show. I do, yes. The harder you work, the luckier you are. Is that what the deal is? Right. My friend Jesse Oakley has told me, well, no, he's never told me. Luck, L-U-C-K, laboring under correct knowledge. That is correct, laboring under correct knowledge. And sometimes I get pretty lucky, and sometimes other people don't. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Exactly. Luck is the residue of design. And that is true, and it's always best to have good luck than no luck at all. I've heard that. <laughs> you know what? I heard it just now, but I'm running out of quotes <laughs> we've got like 40 though. minutes to go <laughs> i tell you what it's, it's always good to be better be lucky than just good man a rolling stone gathers no moss oh my god there are two sides to every coin the bigger they are the harder they fall keep it win one for the gipper keep it simple son keep it simple. <laughs> i thought it was keep it simple stupid we're changing it around oh, well why were you looking kiss. at me when you said that i didn't want to look at jesse i don't know very well yet. <laughs> i thought he might, he might get angry i know you're you know, i can outrun you well <laughs> In the in in words of Alfred E. Newman, that great philosopher, what, me, worry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesse, do you have a favorite baseball team? Actually, the New York Mets. Actually, one of the reasons why I like the New York Mets is they were once a farm team of the Norfolk Tides, who happened to be from my hometown of Norfolk, Virginia. And there would be times where I would see the certain Mets players go out down to Harper Park in Norfolk, Virginia and play for the Tides. And you know, some people, some of the Mets were pretty nice and some, they were amazing. It broke my heart when they actually changed affiliates from the Mets to the Baltimore Orioles. I still follow a little bit of Mets baseball. They're not as hot as they were back in the 80s and back in the 90s and back in 2000 when they played the Yankees for the World Series. But I, I do follow the Mets on occasion. My favorite Mets memory, no, it wasn't the Miracle Mets in 69 when I was four, maybe five years old, way before your time. <laughs> but 1986, game six, Mets down to the Boston Red Sox. Bottom of the 10th inning, down two, 5-3, I believe. Two outs, bases empty. Two outs, bases empty, down three games to two. It's over. You know the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. Kelvin Chiraldi, Bob Stanley, Bill Buckner, yep, Mookie Gary Wilson. Carter, Gary Mookie Carter. Wilson, yep. mm -hmm. Kevin Mitchell, Daryl Strawberry. Right. All these guys came through late, and then in Game 7, people forget that the Mets were actually down 6-3 or down three runs before coming back to win that as well. Well, the amazing thing about the, that 86 team was that at, when the game was halfway through that the third base line and first base lines were still there with guys like Dot Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, and Keith Hernandez usually snorting those lines as the game went on. <laughs> <laughs> those guys were some world-class uh, drug guys. No, I, yeah, I'm a Cardinal fan, as you know, and we used to refer to the Mets in those days as pond scum. We just hated the Mets because the Cardinals and Mets had great 
uh, rivalry at 85-86 with John Tudor and Doc Gooden, and the Cardinals yeah. win in 85, the Mets go and win 86. They, they had a great rivalry for a stretch there. Mets now, of course, the affiliate here of the Las Vegas 51s, the AAA affiliate here, so the Mets, a lot of Mets players come down when they're going through rehab. They got some great young talents. Um, you know, Matt Harvey's a terrific young pitcher. Yep. You'll probably see him in the All-Star game. David Wright, of course, an All-Star. Um, they're just in a tough division right now with the Braves and, and some other teams that are pretty good in that division. Scott right Pritchard, Brett Grant, together we are the odds couple, joined by my good buddy Jesse Oakley, I, 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 today. And we like to talk sports, sports betting, try to educate, maybe even entertain, maybe even some humor now and again. I'd like to ask you if you have a favorite coach or a favorite quote from a coach or a favorite player that has motivated and or inspired you. Uh, one of my favorite coaches was a no-nonsense, tough-talking Mike Ditka. I may be a Redskins fan, but I always admire Ditka's style of coaching and strategy, and he's basically blunt and to the point and just basically just get a charge at the guys. And I think thinking, wow, this is truly amazing, and I truly have a soft spot for the coach, Mike Ditka. And as for our players, there are a couple of players I like. One is Magic Johnson, and another person is Dr. J. I remember him playing. Actually, I don't remember him playing, but I've heard him playing for the Virginia Squires of the ABA, and that's, of course, from Norfolk, Virginia. And there are also a couple other players like Ricky Sanders, Art Monk, Daryl Green, on many, many people that were passing Redskins. I, I, I like the, these players, but for coaches, it had to be the coach Dicka. Interesting that Jesse talks about Coach Ditka because Brett and I, a couple of Chicago boys, we were there in the mid-'80s when Ditka was respectfully or disrespectfully let go and at his post at his press conference he talked about how he was moved by frank sinatra's song my way and that's mike ditka and he actually started quoting saw the verses from right. the song i got very emotional well he, he did a great job in chicago when, when you're there and you saw i mean that franchise that you know obviously a great player like walter payton got to go to one Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. But, I mean, that was a franchise that <clears throat> from the George Hallis days through Ditka didn't really accomplish hardly anything. They went from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback and never got over that hump. And finally they did with Ditka and the way they did, obviously, the Buddy Ryan defense and how good they were defensively. They were probably one of the worst teams in the league offensively, but their defense was incredible. And maybe a modern-day version might have been the Ravens, not this past year, but when they won with Trent Dilfer, when you saw how bad that offense was, but they had a great defense. That might have been the equivalent. But, uh, yeah, Dickus certainly did do it his way. I remember, you know, the arguments he used to have with the people in Minnesota. He called that the arena there with the, the roller dome. Roller, uh, roller, roller derby. D roller yeah. derby, the right. roller dome, and just right. made fun of the, the Hubert H. Humphrey Metro Dome. Uh, he was a character, no question about it. His restaurant was a very popular place, and get a pork chop about that big. I know. Yeah, well, I ate there many times, right on, after the games. And yeah. it was always the same thing. We'd always walk into Ditka's restaurant, and we'd always ask, is Ditka here? And they'd always say, no matter who you talk he just left. Right. <laughs> he just <laughs> left. Yes, yeah, sure he did. <laughs> He'll be here any minute. Why don't you have a table? I want to talk about famous quotes from athletes and or coaches. I'll go first, then Brett. No, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll bring Jesse up first, and then you. But... I, a couple that come to mind for me, the late, great Vince Lombardi, who said the will to win is nothing without the will to prepare. And then John Wooden, who won seven consecutive college basketball championships for UCLA, even though it took him 16 years before he won his first one. He said failure to or he said failure is not. What did he say again? <laughs> failure 
is not fatal. Failure to change might be. Yes. What say you? Now, for one of my favorite quotes has to be Vincent Lombardi, another no-nonsense coach. And he said, basically simple, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. And that resonates with me, too. So you talk about no-nonsense, no-nonsense, but you're a funny guy. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you straight and narrow and structured and formatted do you ever let loose because you strike me as a very fun guy well actually not I, many people wink at me that's why i say <laughs> that <laughs> actually i do have i do have behind the scenes where i'm pretty structured and uh, on the point for one area but overall you can actually be structured and fun at the same time no kidding it definitely i'm gonna try that <laughs> one time brett what say you well i think my favorite quote is uh, that sign at notre dame which says play like alabama today I like that. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. <laughs> That's pretty good. Can you be serious one time? Well, you know, I, mean, I don't know if I necessarily have one off the top of my head more than more than anything else. I Maybe tried to give you like three <laughs> minutes of prep. We, we pride ourselves <laughs> exactly. on being in the moment here. Next next time I'll send you a memo the night before. Does it, would that be helpful? That might actually help as we go through there. How about Rex Ryan? Where's the buffet? Okay. <laughs> okay. Jimmy Velvano, never from, give uh, up. That's from Scott Whitney, by the way. You know, that Scott Whitney threw that That's one my... Yeah, how about the Raiders play like play you know medi- you know, excellent you know on the road to mediocrity whatever that one is commitment to mediocrity the Raiders yeah commitment to excellence but I'm sorry yeah. Al Davis who said just win baby all they ever did was just lose baby right. well let's talk in football Brett once again it's never too early to talk football of course not let's talk well is that why you wore the red tie I, he's a diehard avid Jesse Oakley I I I avid. Redskins fanatic. Is that why you wore the tie? Or are you trying to be like George Bush and always wear the, the red? The, no? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, hail to the Redskins. And actually, I've been a Redskins fan for 30-plus years. I remember when I first was a Redskins fan back in the first grade, we used to play Redskins together. We play. Someone has to be Joe Riggins. Someone has to be Joe Theismann. John Riggins and Joe Theismann. Yeah, the other guys want to be Art Monk. And then nobody Nobody on earth at base housing in Norfolk, Virginia, wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy. If you were a Dallas Cowboy, you had to say, "Oh my goodness!" You had to you get ridiculed for the whole day. So everyone wanted to be trying to be a Redskins, whether it's the lineman, whether it's the wide receiver, whether it is the defensive back. So everyone wanted to be a Redskins back in the day, and they stuck with me ever since. And one other reason why I'm a Redskins fan is my older sisters love the Cowboys and that dreamboat Tony Dorsett. Ooh, <laughs> lovely, dreamy, and part of me want to go. So that familiar. And that's why I'm a reason why I'm a Redskins fan to this day. No love lost between Cowboy fans, Redskins fans. And this might be before your time, but two words. Clint Longley. Oh, my goodness. You remember? Yeah, I do remember that. Guy came off the bench from nowhere. Thanksgiving (laughs) Day, way back when. Right. 20, 30 years ago to embarrass your Redskins. Yeah, and he embarrassed. Just thought I'd bring that up. And I think he embarrassed himself having Tom Landry chase out Dallas by Tom Landry. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Basically a, a one and done. Exactly. A flash in the pan. Well, one is, game, is, one time. You know, the interesting thing about that rivalry is the fact that obviously Washington and Dallas are nowhere near each other. We could understand the Yankees and the Red Sox, or we could understand the Cardinals and Cubs, but that particular rivalry, obviously it's based on the fact they're both in the same division. They were both excellent teams for a long period of time. I, mean, I grew up in St. Louis. I was a St. Louis big Red fan, and I used to sit in the stands and here came Joe Theismann. Back when I grew up, it was Sonny Jurgensen. Mm-hmm. And here came the Billy Reds. Kilmer. Billy, Billy Kilmer, Kilmer beating the Cardinals every time they went. And like, Good Lord, here comes, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, uh, Hill, the, the basketball player. Well, Calvin Hill was the one that came in. Right, and the running out, back for the, the Cowboys. The running back, not his, not his son. Um, 
But then, of course, here came Roger Staubach, here came Danny White, here came you know the Cowboys, and it was like, good Lord, oh, thank God it's the Eagles. Well, then it was Ron Jaworski. You, you, they all beat the crap out of the Cardinals when we were there. But they were great teams, and they were, you know, they were fun to watch. And then when I got older, when I was a teenager, and you're watching – uh, you know when Art Monk was was there, just lo- watching the games at old RFK Stadium, and of course the Hogs and the and the band. I guess the band is finally being put to rest. The band is not going to be around anymore uh. after this particular year. I heard that that was happening, and the original you know, the people who dressed as the Hogs, you know those big fat guys in the stands. Yep. Apparently they're again. Why well. do you look at me when you say big fat hog? I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> I was just trying not to. You know, I was trying to share my conversation. That's all I was doing. Great, very convenient Are you eye down contact. Two seventy nine yet. Actually, I'm I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Two eighty one. You went back. I'm two eighty five. Three pounds. Two eighty five. I was actually got back down to my original weight of two eighty two, and then back up to two eighty five. So I told my daughter Skyler, the love of my life, she's ten, and after this show, we're going to the buffet. She said, "We going to Burger King." I said, "No, I'm done. No moss. No more." We're going, but I'm going to be one salad-eating son of a gun. I have a wager, Jesse, that by August 31st, my girlfriend Jessica has said, I need incentive, which is pathetic. You should just want to do it because it's healthy. But the bet is by August 31st, I have to be down to 260 pounds, which is 22 pounds less than what I weighed in at a month ago. Only I could go on a diet and actually gain weight. But the wager is if I don't, I have to, she's going to videotape me at a stripper pole dance class and post it on Facebook. But what she doesn't know, well, yeah, what she doesn't know is I'll have to just delete my Facebook. But that does, wouldn't stop her from now doing Skyler's it. Now, Skylar's in the, in the uh, booth behind us here, and she said, yes, I'd like him to lose the weight, but I still want Daddy to dance on the pole. Yeah, I think she – I'm not getting any support. You I'm, know, in my inner circle, she I, wants me to lose, like, maybe Jesse 20 was, pounds. Uh, Jessica Jessica wants me to lose the weight, but not – she wants to right. see it. But I'm going to get there. Hey, I want you to dance on the pole. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I made the mistake, my friend, of making a bet with my buddy Anthony Padilla – Golden State Warriors against the Denver Nuggets, and Anthony, I love the guy. He says so many outrageous things, and the most sickening part is he's usually right. But he said, and I called him out on it, he said, the Warriors, I think, have a good shot at beating the Nuggets. And I said, are you out of your mind? He said, listen, if I'm right and you're wrong, will you shave your head? I said, yes. Six games later, shaved my head. Live chat uh, listeners says that you're on the seafood diet. You Seafood, you eat it. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, talking about having to shave my head. See, Jesse, my buddy Jacob Cannon, who I can't see. Oh, there he is. They can shave their head and be cool. Yeah. Me, I look like Mr. Clean. Hey, don't, don't knock it till you try it, man. Is that right? Yeah, you know, bald is smooth, bald is sexy. My wife, she says, <laughs> I'm shaving my head after all. There you there go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but watch out, though. Jesse's going after your wife. <laughs> We're going to bring in the big bad wheel. It's time for Spin to Win. The professional sports better bets with their head, never their heart. Check your emotions. Check your ego at the door. We have a baseball game today. Dodgers. Oh, no, it's the Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates. The over-under oh, is perfect. eight. Absolutely I have perfect. to argue Wait, we have to, one we, side. It doesn't say Pirates. It says Pilates. I just want <laughs> you to know that. And so they, they butchered a letter. We went from an R to an L, suddenly from Pirates to Pilates. Great. So, but it's perfect. If you get, let's get a shot there, boys. It's perfectly on Pilates. Awesome. There you go. <laughs> Great. Uh, you've got the under. Under Pilates. Under. Okay. Yeah. 
Pilates. All right, the under in the Pirates game. We're not talking interleague. We're talking National League. The pitchers have to bat. Eight is the total. Do you like the over? Do you under? Or do you like the under? I'm talking about we have to make an argument. Brett automatically has to take the other side. The wheel says I have to make an argument for the under. I will. Thank goodness I'm not making an argument for Pilates. I would get windy. <laughs> Winded. But if you're looking at the total for this game, I have to argue that the under presents value, and it's because it's a National League game. Uh, pitchers have to bat. Eight is a push. I don't see nine runs being scored in this contest. The Pirates, they've been a cash cow with the bet window. Out of all the teams in Major League Baseball, no one has cashed and has made you more money than the Pittsburgh Pirates. I say you because I haven't been betting them. I wish that I had. I haven't really been betting against them, but I have not made any money, and I'm embarrassed to say so. But I look at the under presenting some value, eight. Well, uh, Pirates are seven or six and one, I should say, in our last uh, seven games at home with a total in this range. The Brewers have played four straight overs, mainly because they can't stop anybody from scoring. But the Pirates... Uh, to me, are a team that uh, obviously they've been getting very good pitches. This is going to be a tough one. I, I agree with you from the standpoint of to get to nine runs, I got a tough sell here. But I'm going to put it on the fact that the Brewers pitchers suck. How's that? And the Pirates are going to score some runs at home tonight and, and get the job done and get over that total uh, of that spot. But there, there, there is some value with regards to the, the way the Pirates have been playing at home with a total of eight. They're six and one in their last seven games with a total of eight at home. We bet totals on the odds couple. You can bet sides, totals, money lines. I'm a big dog player. I'm a big totals guy. And three teams have been dead over teams this year, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Oakland A's, and the Los Angeles Angels. No team in all of baseball has cashed more overs than Mike Trout, Howie Kendrick, Poolholes, and that average on their best day pitching staff of the Angels. Conversely, the Texas Rangers have been the best under team this entire season we're going to take a commercial break stay tuned we'll be right back have you ever thought you should be on the radio or have you considered doing an online video show or podcast if so now is your only chance to do both at the same time kshp and the vegas video network have teamed up to provide the only multi-camera broadcast quality video and live radio simulcast in las vegas and instead of having your show played at some ungodly hour, the KSHP Vegas Video Network Partnership is producing shows that play from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Imagine having your own radio show broadcasting to the entire Las Vegas Valley and combine that with an online presence that is viewed in all 50 states and 150 countries, both live and on demand. This is a first and an outstanding opportunity to give voice to your business, your ideas, and your talent. If you'd like your own show on KSHP and the Vegas Video Network, contact us today at 221-1200. That's 221-1200. Welcome back to the Odds Couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio, live and worldwide, Vegas Video Network. Scott Pritchard, Brett Grant, Jesse Oakley, I, I, I. We would love for you to reach out to us. A number of ways you can do that. Simply email us at oddscouple at vegasvideonetwork.com. That's oddscouple at vegasvideonetwork.com. We have web-based voicemail on our site. Simply go to Vegas Video Network. On the right-hand side, there's a red bar. Click there. Middle of the page, a green bar. Hit the Start Record button. We do have live chat up and running. Studio line open, 702-221-7283. If you miss us live, no worries. Check us out. Vegas Video Network, YouTube, iTunes, Roku, Welcome to my life. Nothing but 
frustration on a day-to-day basis. If it isn't a relationship concern, it has to do with getting hosed in a baseball game that I bet, or unexpectedly pulling up the spin-to-win wheel to find out that Pilates is on here. <laughs> well, I think the other Pilates versus yoga was the, yoga. Uh, the game today. I'm not familiar yeah. with that either. Exactly. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm going to start with Are You Kidding Me, which is amazing. Of course, last year, remember the baseball season, Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown. He was the first guy to do it since 1967 when Carl Yastrzemski did it. Uh, and now he's got a chance to maybe do it again. And he leads the American League. He leads all of baseball in average. He's second in home runs, and he leads the American League in RBIs. Ironically, Chris Davis from the Baltimore Orioles is second in average, first in home runs, and second in RBIs. So the, those two guys lead in every category in the American League. There's a very good chance right now, based on where they are, that one of those two guys potentially could win the Triple Crown again this year. So, I mean, the fact that we had to wait from 1967, 45 years to 2012, to have it happen once, the fact that it might happen again in 2013, I think is incredible. So, are you kidding me? These guys having phenomenal years, uh, both of them again. Are you kidding me? Actually bringing this up, we have what, 200 games I'm just left saying, in the right season? Now I mean, Cabrera's <laughs> hitting 368. Last year he won it with betting 330. I know there's a lot of time left to go. Really? A lot of time? There's a lot of time. <laughs> we haven't a even played half the time. games yet. I know, but it's just looking at where these two guys are, they are so – it's like Secretariat in 1963. There's nobody anywhere close to these two guys right now. There's a very – I mean, there is no third places way back there. <laughs> They'd have to get injured or just completely fall off the face of the earth for about a month and a half, and I don't think either one of those guys are going to do that. My Are You Kidding Me segment has to do with Michael Kadire. He has been on quite a streak for the Colorado Rockies. The one thing that no one can ever accuse me of on this show is to overstate the obvious. I'm calling out Michael Kadire. 24-game hitting streak, congratulations. I'm upset because I had the Rockies at home yesterday at a good number. I'm up two zip, looking good, feeling good. Eighth inning, two-run dinger, 3-2, I'm down after giving up a run in the sixth inning. Michael Kadire at home, in the bottom of the ninth inning, he gets a hit. Normally, I'm, you, I'm normally slow. you'd be happy about that. I'm slow, <laughs> all right? Okay. When it, physically, I'm slow. Well, mentally, too, maybe. Yeah. But, but physically, I don't run too fast. But I'm pretty sure I could outrun Michael Kadire. But see, I at least know and recognize that I'm slow. Michael Kadire... Like a lot of professional athletes, today what I'm seeing more than ever before, it's not about the team. It's about me. Look at me. Look at my stats. Leadoff man, Kadire, bottom of the ninth inning. You're down one. He hits a routine ground ball to right field. What does he do? Hey, I'm Michael Kadire. Look at me. He goes to second base, thrown out by a mile. They lose the game 2-1. As opposed to just taking the single, put in a pinch runner, bunny him over, get him on, get him over, get him in. Michael Kadire, are you kidding me? He must have thought he was having a Jose Reyes moment. Suddenly he thought he was Jose Reyes. I can run. Didn't happen. No, it really just had to do with the fact he wanted to pad his stats. It still goes in the books as a single, tossed out at second base. But, again, that's just what you have to be. He was trying to be aggressive, helping his Really, team. really, really? Yeah. Is that the argument you're going to try to I'm make? Go, but wait, he, he, he's being he's aggressive. Got, I mean, I understand if Puig, if Puig, he wants the double, not oh, the single. He's bad 351. Puig. Yeah, I understand that. Okay, he has a 24-game. I thought, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So you, you sound like Kadire. 
I'm batting 351. Yeah, your team lost. They took it on the well, chin because a, there's, you. There is a first base coach. I No, 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 there He's isn't. He's usually going, <laughs> go, baby, go. So you're going to blame it on, on. Of course. Well, you can be a little overly aggressive once in a while, and yes, sometimes it doesn't pan out, but if he gets himself into a scoring situation and he's safe, if are you playing. are we having this conversation if he was safe? No, I would be saying, of look at that. Dad, That's great. Exactly. Oh, I'd like to see <laughs> more guys do this. Player. Because I have money on the <laughs> Rockies, so of course I'd be saying, okay. I love Kadire. Exactly. But when you put your hard-earned money on something you and you it doesn't pan out you ha- it can't be because i made a bad bet no 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 it's kadire's fault they should have won the game I but understand if you're puig by the way and you're aggressive i get it but kadire is known for many things speed is not in the top 100 well i think puig needs to realize when he's running in the outfield and he's not running on grass anymore and he's running <laughs> on that dirt <laughs> that means you're supposed to slow down because there's a big blue thing Approaching. There's a reason they call that. Very quickly. There's a reason <laughs> they call that the warning track. Maybe what they need is the the little thing that the like the garbage truck has. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep, beep, and then maybe he'll actually slow down because he's run into what two walls in a couple of days here, uh, and uh, yeah, he's gonna get hurt. He only knows one speed, maximum overdrive. Yeah, yeah. That's it, all you have to say about that. <laughs> okay, I think I'm going to talk to you now. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's. So what would you like to talk about, Sports Fanatic? You're an avid, that says, the graphic up there says you're an avid sports fan. What does that mean? Actually, avid sports fan is one of the things I love about is sports. You put up football, you put up baseball, you put up basketball, you put up hockey, you put up chess, you, hell, heck, you put up tiddlywinks, and I'm going to talk about that. You're a black dude. Do you really watch hockey? I mean... Yeah, really? Actually, do you watch hockey? Actually, I do watch hockey, and I was very impressed with there are t- a couple of things in the playoffs. I was really impressed with number one, the Boston Bruins coming back from three from three games down to win the series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, four games to three, and that game seven that they came back. They just came back, and also another game that really impressed me was Chicago Blackhawks game six of the Stanley Cup, where they scored two goals in 17 seconds. I had to do a double take, like, excuse me, I thought I was looking at instant replay, and it's like. Oh, shoot, they scored a second goal, and they were a little sure enough to win the Stanley Cup. I've been following hockey, actually the Stanley Cup playoffs since 1993, when the last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup was the Montreal Canadiens, and Wayne Gretzky was on the L.A. Kings, and that was his last stand in the Stanley Cup. Man, oh, man, I'm impressed. I mean, I've gone on record many times as saying, well, I'm only repeating what George Schwartz, the owner of the Gambler's Bookstore, told me, he said, more people will watch a meaningless football game between, say, the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns week three of the NFL season than will actually tune in and watch game seven of a Stanley Cup final. But I'm impressed with your knowledge in regards to hockey. I track it basically from a sports betting standpoint. It's hard for me. I know that Brett here is a diehard hockey fanatic. Love the game. My mm-hmm. good buddy Dink featured in the movie Lay the Favorites starring Bruce Willis's Dink when Dink was here talking about hockey. He sounded just like you, man. Totally, totally into it. Mm-hmm. So we had, a, we had a black man win this, was a member of the Blackhawks this year, win the Stanley Cup, which exactly. I don't think has happened very often. So Jamal Mayers yes. uh, used to play for the Blues, played for the Blackhawks. He was a winner. Pokey Reddick, who used to play goalie back for the Winnipeg Jets, he's a Las Vegas guy, lives here in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a sport that is getting more diverse, but at the same time, though, you see it's those guys that you watched a little bit of the Stanley. I know you weren't a hockey guy, but you watched some of that. You saw the excitement that goes in. There's nothing like the Stanley Cup Finals, and and with regards to the, I mean, you got a guy get a puck in the face, mm-hmm. who's get get stitched up in between periods. He's right back out there. Yet another player 
playing with a broken leg. Now, usually if that happens in basketball or in soccer. The ambulance is coming. They're carting them off in football. I mean, other than Jack Youngblood's famous thing. But this guy played for another whole game before he went. Patrice Bergeron from the yes. Bruins played with a collapsed lung and a broken rib in game six mm-hmm. of the Stanley Cup Finals. He played with a collapsed lung. Yes. These guys are tough. They really? They certainly are. Are they that tough? Really? They're Come on. Tough. Yep. Let's go play hockey. Let's get physical. But first, let's put on some skates, shall we? Yeah. Two words. Clint They're not figure chunk. skates. You, are you sure? They, you big oaf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, again. It's not, it's not Dorothy Hamill out there. It's more Tanya Harding. I yep. had this guy. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy Matt Robbins, golf pro, Boca Raton, Florida. I've called him out on this many times. I said, listen, come on. How tough are these guys? They're on skates. There's a reason they let them whack, hack awake, hitting each other, because there's no leverage. And he simply said, let me put on some skates, and I'll show you what kind of leverage I have. Right. So, But, you, but I mean, you, you talk. go ahead and talk physics here, man. This is the educational part of the it show. Is. I mean, this it, is where you talk about the hip check. and the. Well, no, ESPN did a, a study about you know sports science stuff they've done about the uh, the velocity of a tackle in football versus uh, a check in hockey. And a hockey check is actually more damaging than a tackle in football because you're going faster. Mm-hmm. We talked briefly off-air about Danica Patrick, female race car driver. Kyle Petty, the son of Richard Petty, has called her out to say she's not to be taken seriously. She knows about speed and how to be fast but she is not a race car driver i found it interesting because a lot of people will say that kyle petty basically followed in the shadows of his father richard petty but yet he's calling out danica patrick your thoughts my thoughts is i should i don't think danica patrick should let that comment just just get to her it's just she waters off a duck's back she actually last time i checked she did win a race in japan and she was able to show that. That was at the mini Grand Prix. Yeah, it was a mini Grand Prix. Yeah, it, it <laughs> was a win. A race. A win. It was a race. Better, better ugly win than pretty loss. <laughs> you mean the, the mini Grand Prix at Vegas driving race? Exactly. Yeah. That's a, he Grand said there, apparently there's one in Japan as oh, well. There you go. Yeah, there, there is. And just, just for Petty to say that is, uh, I don't, I don't know what, what to think about that. But Danica just, just keep going what she can, she can do. And there have been other people that were able to do the thing that she has done. Heck, I haven't driven a race car before. And she just one up on me. But, you know, Danica, just just go in and do what you got to do, girl. Good, I mean, for, she, good she, for... I mean, she did finish third in the Indianapolis 500 in 2009. I mean, there, she finished third. I mean, if she didn't have talent, number one, she wouldn't be on the circuit. Number two, she wouldn't be finishing. She wouldn't be qualifying. She wouldn't be doing as well as she's doing. Uh, you know, to, to, we've all maybe dreamed about playing a professional sport or being somewhere. I mean, if... I think I'm a great driver, but I don't think I'm finishing third in the Indianapolis 500 against professional race car drivers. I think there's a little bit of a little bit of uh, maybe from a petty standpoint, a little bit of jealousy about her attention she gets, and of course she's going to get attention. She's beautiful, she's young, she's got a lot of things going for her. Obviously, she's a woman, and that brings attention to it as well. But I think now she's earned the, the at least a, a respect of a lot of these guys on the circuit that she belongs there, and that the novelty part is worn off, and now they just treat her as an equal driver. At least I would hope so. Kyle Petty, it may sound petty, but he has said it's nothing more than a publicity stunt. Danica Patrick, what say you? 
I don't think it's a publicity stunt. I think that Danica is serious when it comes to going into driving, and she has a couple of goals that she wanted to mind. She wanted to finish in races, and I think third place in Indianapolis 500. It doesn't. It it doesn't take to. It, it takes a lot to even finish third place in Indianapolis 500, where other racers were able to finish in 30th place. But for Danica to do what she's do, she has my respect, and she really has my com commendable. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that, my friend. I mean, good for Danica being in a man's world as far as racing. Yeah. Good for her with what she's done. Mm -hmm. And as far as Kyle Petty, I'm telling you, I've lost a lot of respect for the guy based on his comments simply because it goes back to anything in life. When someone criticizes someone, that doesn't say anything to the person you're criticizing. It really reflects it's no reflection on the person you're criticizing. It's basically a reflection on you, a la Kyle. You're basically shooting yourself in the foot if you say some stuff like that. Shooting yourself in the foot. Exactly. And water off a duck's back, I think I picked up earlier, too. Quack, quack. Quack. <laughs> <laughs> Aflac in the house. Exactly. All right. We have a f we found a sponsor. Aflac! Those are good commercials. Yes. We are going to attempt to put money into your pocket as Brett and I together put you on the right side. I think they tried to end the show early. <laughs> I, since I never got to do a right side yesterday, they said, oh, the show must be over because Brett's turned to do the right side. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. Way to go, Scott. I was trying to save our listeners money. That's why I didn't give you an opportunity yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's, ooh, that's ooh, ouch. Hold on a second. I get that out of my back. <laughs> ouch. There, we go. there it is. Wow. Oh, was my mic on? I'm sorry. Hello. What was, what was your, right, your right side win yesterday? I, think I don't remember. I think it did. But anyway, I'm trying to forget. My right side was perfect yesterday. Now, I'm going to go to uh, Oakland, Alameda County Coliseum, Coliseum Bears. Home of the Raiders. Home of the A's. The A's and the Cardinals. Very interesting series between these two teams. Don't get together very often. Bartolo Colon, who is a pharmaceutical product. The, the guy has been on Balco and every other. I, I, he's a creation that I just don't know exactly how he's doing it. But I'm, I'm, he's been linked to a lot of different things. But he's got, what, 10 wins this year, does Bartolo Colon. And the A's have won every start he's pitched in this year except for three. And here they are at home. Game opened about a dollar five. It's still at a dollar five. I think it's going to be around there. Shelby Miller, very good for the Cardinals as well. I'm going to take the home team and the A's. It's an un, it's an unfamiliar environment for the Cardinals to go into Oakland. Oakland very good at home. I like the A's with a small price, minus 105 at home today against the Cardinals. My right side American League game, Boston Red Sox hosting the Toronto Blue Jays. Total on the game, nine and a half. We talk about National League total, seven, key, key number. American League, nine, key, key number. They're trying to induce you into playing the under with nine and a half the hook i'm not buying it they can sell it not buying it nine and a half is cheap i see at least 10 runs in this game over red rover red rover i love the over red Sox, blue jays over nine and a half i want to talk football your washington redskins they went from worst to first yay that was then this is now rg3 or is it R-G-I-I-I? It's R-G-3, baby. R-G-3. Yep. Love the guy. Love his talent. This is a good, a good example. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Jesse, you have the, the third after your name as well. Mm -hmm. Do we walk around calling you Jesse the third everywhere you go, or is your, is your father and grandfather with you? Do we have to call Robert Griffin the third every time? Can we not just call him Robert Griffin? Or you can just, you just, call, just don't call him late for dinner, man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just thinking, it's like every time, back the throw goes Griffin the third. Can't we just say Griffin once in a while? Yeah. It's not throwing it to his father or his grandfather on the field with him. Right. I just think it's a little bit much. Oh, well, yeah. Myself. And I, I see for our, if anyone call him Griffin, anyone call him RG3, I call him I call him the winner last season. Right. And I call him the guy that brought the Redskins into the playoffs, thank goodness. And if he, if he don't watch out next season, i got to call him careful for next season because you just can't run around the field going left and right and then up and down because, you know, people will be predictable. you gotta, you got to change it up. It didn't work too well for Rick Meyer when he did the same thing over and over and over again. Look, look at where he's been. Well, I think the thing with Robert Griffin III, when you look at him size-wise, you had a guy, other running quarterbacks. Steve Young was a running quarterback. Obviously, Dante Culpepper loved to run. Those are bigger, physical, bigger guys. And Michael Vick's probably bigger and stronger as well than Robert Griffin is. So durability, Scott, has got to be a huge issue for you from a handicapping standpoint when you handicap the Redskins. Well, again, I look at it game to game. It's a three-hour contract, nothing more, nothing less. I'm not convinced this is the time to be on the Redskins. Last year was the time to be on the Redskins because they were undervalued. I think they might be a bit overhyped, overvalued, tough, tough tough-ass division. The NFC East with the Cowboys being probably better, the Giants being hungry, being better. Eagles couldn't be any worse. And the Redskins, I respect, I love RG3. Yeah. But they have to do a better job protecting him. And he needs to understand that there's something called the sideline. Instead of lowering your head, okay, against a linebacker, just simply go out of bounds. We're talking football with my good buddy Jesse Oakley, III, Brett Grant. Together we are the odds couple. I have to say that I'm doing another sports betting seminar on the Strip at Harrah's Hotel Casino. Opening weekend for pro football. It will be Friday, September 6, 9A to 5P, $697. If you get dialed in by August 20th, it's only $397. Go to my site, PritchardsPicks.com. I'll be joined by my good buddy, friend, colleague, fellow professional sports better, Dink. Dink, featured in the movie Lay the Favorite, starring Bruce Willis as Dink. Dink will be joining us in a few short weeks. Lem Banker, my buddy, the icon, will be joining us on a weekly basis once football season starts up. Check out my articles every week, Gaming Today. Newspaper, 40,000 circulation. Jesse, great having you with us. Any parting shots? Hey, holy strawberries, and always have a great time, happy people. What's with the fascination, man, with strawberries? For as long as I've known you, this is the first time you haven't had strawberry juice on your shirt. I tell you, it's been since I was five years old. I took a first liking to strawberries. The rest was history. I've been to parties where they have strawberry salad, and really it's just salad with no strawberries because Jesse got there before the rest <laughs> of us. You got all the strawberries. <laughs> yep, exactly. If you put the strawberries in near me, and within like three minutes later, bam, they're done. Great having you on the show. Happy anniversary on July 2nd. Thank you very much. Great to be here. For Jesse Oakley, I, 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 Brett Grant, my name is Scott Pritchard. Odds couple Monday through Friday. We're going to relax, take things easy. I'm going to wish you good luck and goodbye.